0: Welcome to what the if? It's a hot one. A hot if this if is so hot you could grill an egg on it. Fry an egg. Do you grill
1: eggs? (laughs) Um, I guess there's no reason you couldn't. Well, I guess the egg would kind of drip through the grill, it would go right? through the grill. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe yeah. if you fry it first, then you can grill it because it's got some more structural integrity. See, that's a lot what of work. Thing, if,
0: yeah. yeah, but this is how this show goes. What I'm gonna write it down. What if you tried to grill an egg
1: on a grill thing? Uh, that's uh, yeah, crazy. Well, that's great. We'll pick up all sorts of um. Uh, cooking listeners now right we can cl- classify oh, the podcast man. under um, cooking yeah
0: that's right bam
1: shout out to emerald
0: um i'm sorry I, I believe george foreman is george foreman not around anymore this is one of those things i don't know Really, but
1: but the George I mean, Foreman grill—he doesn't answer my texts anyway. So. Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> it would be a great show. We got things you could do with the George Foreman grill. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a retro thing. Gabby, do you know what? It, do you do you have any idea? I am well aware. Yeah, we
2: have one in our oh, house. Okay. Oh, oh, see. Okay, perfect.
0: <laughs> Love the George Foreman. It is a great. It was that was talk about a industrial revolution. That really was
2: something. I made special. great grilled cheeses on that thing.
0: Yeah, really good and and fast. Um. But wait, there's more. We're actually doing a podcast and uh, called What the If. Matt, if people have, are new here, and we believe yeah. there are new people coming each week, um, sure. what,
1: yeah. what in the world have they stumbled upon? Uh, what they have stumbled upon is the power to uh, distort reality, uh, yes. to change something about the world, uh, and then we uh, run with it and uh, figure out what the world would be like um, if that was happening. And hopefully we learn some stuff along the way.
0: Right, right. And Gabby, you know, there, there are a number of shows out there, uh, a number of podcasts that have what if in their title in some form or another. Um, what, what's unique about ours? What's what's the deal with the the why? Why what the if?
2: Well, it's because we start with, you know, one single central idea. So while we might have the power to change the universe, we're only going to change one thing at a time. And then try to, you know, follow that out as far as we can. What are the ramifications across science and society uh, that we're going to have to deal with as a result of this one thing changing?
0: You know, that is, that's the first time actually I've heard that explanation. (laughs) That (laughs) is good. I like, yes, the if, the if. This is the if. So what's the if of the week? The if of the week comes from one of you listeners and, um, if you have ideas, by the way, we do run with them, and if we do, you be, you go from merely being an ifer—I shouldn't say merely—you go from being an ifer. That's mm-hmm. what you are. People who listen, if you enjoy asking questions, you're an ifer, and all the good people are. Um, but if we—if uh, you send in an idea that we end up doing a whole show based around, you become a super ifer. And in fact, this is a, <laughs> this re- extra extra appropriate for our super ifer this week. Um, This comes from uh, Chris Walker, uh, who is by to all of you who are multiple super Mm ifers, including the great grand poobah, Bill, uh, who who one of our long most long time and most productive, most prolific
1: Mm ifers. Yeah, we were just Um, talking about him last night.
0: uh, Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Bill, (laughs) your Bill had sent us once as a thank you gift. It's very nice. You don't all have to do this. You're welcome to. But uh, Bill had sent us beautiful little artwork uh, of um, artwork suitable for framing of uh, Albert Einstein. Matt and I, he sent that yeah. Matt and I. Each of us had gotten one um, some years ago. And um, it's very multicolored. And I just got these hue lights, these things that change colors. Greatest invention ever. Um, and I, noticed, I I put up the Einstein picture. And it's kind of like an abstract, abstract painting a little bit. It has it's Einstein's face made of all different colors. And I turn the lamps red, which is, of course, the first color you want to choose. we am going to work our way up the rainbow. And the, color, the picture changes. Like suddenly it's like only the red parts paperback. and it's like evil Einstein shows up. And then you can get green jealous Einstein. It's amazing. So, Bill, thank you. I didn't realize it was also like black light pop art, super thing it just it just gets better and better anyway super ifers so each time you each time we do another one of your ifs if you perchance uh get chosen more than once you go up in ranks so super ifer first one then super duper ifer mm-hmm I think we, I don't know which military ranking system we're following here, Matt. You can probably help us out.
2: Uh,
1: that um, would be the Luxembourgian. Um, yeah, the Lux, exactly. Um, Luxembourg, kindergarten. Luxembourg military. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the Luxembourg <laughs> Crossing Patrol <laughs> Guards. Um, and then, and and it goes upwards from there. So Chris, Chris Walker, again, I'll have to go back and see. He's done multiple things. He's a brilliant guy. We love your ideas, Chris. And um, uh, so he's super duper, 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 ifer uh and this is what he his uh, latest uh, submission via our special um cable you know via cable to the uh the red uh email the red iphone uh where the emails come in if you have an idea and you're saying oh, how do i get it to be a super refer?" you can email us feedback at whatif.com or just go to our website whatif.com and right there on the front page there you can see there's a box where you can send us a message Chris writes, hi. Very nice, very polite. Question for Gabby here. When we discuss COVID and other viruses, we talk about things like transmissibility, viral load, symptoms, immune response, et cetera. Chris clearly knows his stuff. He, Chris might be writing in from, what do you call it? a DSL? DSL? BSL? The
2: BSL3. BSL-3. BSL-3.
0: The DSL... <laughs> DSL is basically you have very low speed internet, which used to be high speed. Okay. And uh, Chris, Chris writes, it's not always clear to us lay folks anyway. So he's hiding behind being a person, Whether it's not always clear to us whether or how these characteristics are interrelated. You know, Chris, I'm sorry. I didn't give you the appropriate honor of the soundtrack. Guys, break up the band. Going to the mailbag. Chris, right? Question for Gabby here. When we discuss COVID and other viruses, right? And he says uh, it's not clear to us whether these characteristics are interrelated. Um, this idea I've heard that there there was real uh, that there was really nothing preventing COVID nineteen from being a much more lethal or transmissible uh, thing comes from comes to mind here. Scary stuff. My question goes in the other direction. Are there any viruses, Chris asks, which are extremely transmissible and yet have no negative impacts or symptoms in humans and thus are totally ubiquitous in humans without impacting society? I should state I'm both thinking about common colds here and I'm thinking about the super quiet kid in the back of the class that even the teacher forgets about sometimes. (laughs) Also, is it conceivable, possibly, that a virus uh, could have positive symptoms, say, by commandeering the olfactory cells and cranking the smell knobs to 11? (laughs) Would a much more interesting world, oh, it would be a much more interesting world if viral infections led to superpowers until your immune system fought them off, rather than just feeling like you've been hit? by a truck here's chris (laughs) in vancouver so shout out to our uh canadian neighbors and that brings us to the if this week what the if there was a superhero virus the horror Gabby, it's a question for you. Tell us.
2: Yeah, Take I mean, I know as much as much as you know. I would like to catch a case of the Superman's. Uh, I think currently, that's <laughs> it's not exactly possible for us. Super pop. Um, but as far as yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd be cool with that. Um, yeah. It makes you really itchy and really strong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's always those damn side
2: of it. There's a, there's a caveat. Um, so, as far as the first part of that question went, you know, viruses that we all have that you know have completely no uh, side effects whatsoever. Um, I gotta toss it to my viruses that I, you know, that I started out studying, which are the herpes, vi- herpes viruses. Mm, um, so everyone thinks herpes simplex. I've literally given entire talks where people at the end of it someone nods and go, "Okay, herpes one or two?" And I was like, "Neither." Were you listening? Um, so it turns out <laughs> that it's actually a very big family. Um, so chickenpox is actually a herpes virus. It's why you get shingles later. The oh, virus is still in you and it reactivates and it causes slightly different symptoms the second time around. Oh.
0: Um,
2: but it turns out that herpes viruses are extremely well adapted to their hosts. They are often, you know, the lab's mantra was herpes is forever. Everyone says at the beginning of their presentation, <laughs> it was great. Um, thank you, crew Lab. Oh, um, and essentially it's because they do sort of tether themselves on to their hosts' chromosomes. Um, so they become basically invisible from the host, and for the most part, they're quiescent viruses, um, and you only really notice them if you know they reactivate or for some reason you get reinfected. Um, but it seems like actually there are some of them that we all have. So it's estimated that about, based on like seropositiveness, which is essentially antibodies, um, that I think it's something around 96 percent of us are positive for Epstein-Barr virus, which is the causative agent of mono. And uh, most of us get exposed to it a lot earlier um, and develop... Oh, I thought that was mad disease.
0: cow disease. I guess that's not... No, that's another... <laughs> that's another thing. But that mad cow also has a bar in it, doesn't it? Uh, mm, I don't know. I'm, I'm, yeah. not sure. I'm just, sure. I'm just introducing slander left and right. I'm sorry, Ms. Dr. Barr. On the cows. Yeah, yeah. The mad cows. Um, yeah, Dr.
2: Barr really, but, uh, really got through a lot of viruses. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Epstein-Barr. So we're all carrying around Epstein-Barr. And so what does that, it would show up on a test, I assume.
2: Uh, you could probably do something to look for it. It might, it might be a really, really low um, copy number, which is a term uh-huh, for how uh-huh. many genomes of the virus, how many of its sort of DNA is inside of you. Um, right. So Epstein-Barr is, I think, in B-cells, if I remember correctly. Um, so, so to say well, it's
0: quiescent means that it doesn't, um, uh, or is this gonna be, whatever this is, is, this, is the opposite of, let's say, the imaginary super virus. Um, it just sits there and it doesn't replicate? Yeah,
2: it doesn't or, replicate. Yeah. It doesn't really make any proteins. Uh, so the making of viral proteins are usually what, you know, is affecting the weirdness in your body when you get sick. Um, The common cold is something that you might describe as being an acute illness. You have it for a short period of time, and then it's over. you fought it off, and you're like, oh, God, that sucked, but it's over. Um, But, you know, the quiescent viruses can stick around a little bit. When they go quiet, they sort of evade the immune system because they're not really producing anything that would, you know, alert the body's police. Um, So this is sort of the lay low, hide out uh, kind of virus.
0: Right. Okay. I like it. So I, I like that. I'm not. I'm not shy. I'm quiescent. Very, yes. cool. Very cool. Although that may be more scary. That I Uh oh. He's, he's. What quiescent. are you waiting for? You've gone quiescent. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and so with the other end of the spectrum, super virus. Oh, well, actually, no, I see what you mean here, what you're going for here. So quiescent, so it's this is an example of a virus that isn't positive necessarily, but is benign.
2: Yeah, it's benign.
0: Right, right. And so what turns, you know, are there examples, Chris is asking, of things that are beyond benign, but are positive, Help, helpful, what should we say? Positive tends would be tricky, yeah.
2: Yeah, but unfortunately not for us. Um, so there are some really... Not, not for us. Um, so one of the things that I always think is cool to think about with viruses is that you know whatever helps them replicate and stay in their host longer is usually beneficial. Um, and so sometimes that means making their host cough and sneeze so they get spread to a new host. Um, but sometimes that means just kind of guaranteeing that they're going to chill out there for as long as possible. Um, and of course, sometimes when you introduce you know, humans to the mix, we can actually select for organisms that are infected. Um, so a great example of this is the tulip breaking virus. If you've ever mm. seen those very pretty painted tulips, they sort of have, they're not a single color, but they're sort of striped where the, the colors are in like little ribbons. They, yeah. That is actually from a virus disrupting the color patterning of the tulip. Whoa. So if you want pretty tulips, you need this virus. There's and it doesn't also, harm
0: the tulips.
2: Nope, it's just aesthetic. Yeah. The, the one that I always love, and it's a bit of a bummer if you study bacteria. Um, so bacteria can sometimes have these things called pathogenicity islands. Um, so you hear about strains of bacteria that are really bad. Um, most <laughs> E. coli is like all right, but then you get uh, certain strains of it that are, you know, what causes, you know, E. coli outbreaks, things that make you sick. Well, it turns out that those pathogenicity islands often come from phages, essentially viruses. And they have, what they've evolved to do is that they will integrate themselves into the bacteria's chromosome. Essentially it's genetic material. And they say, hey, I'll give you this superpower to carry me around with, that'll help you get, you know, nutrients from places you've never been before, you know, all of this cool stuff. But if you start dying, I'm gonna kill you faster. <laughs> so once, once the phage wants out, it will start replicating and destroy the cell. But in the interim, It'll give that bacteria and its offspring superpowers, just for funsies.
0: Wow! Now the non, the, what? what just, how to describe that in sort of non-personification um, ways? Like, is it because is some sort of equilibrium? What? It's here. This is an interesting question. Like, how does this? Like, I, I can see how actually, if if they really did have thoughts, that would they would. That wouldn't make sense, but mechanistically how does something like that work or
2: yeah so it's kind of a symbiosis so like I said viruses are selected for ones that can replicate more and ones that can exist longer so the ones that get fought off and destroyed are you know destroyed that's their end that's undesirable um, evolutionarily speaking of course the phages themselves don't really care if they don't think mm-hmm. um, so any phage that's able to stick around longer is going to you know, maybe be able to survive through more divisions of the bacteria. And if it's replicating with the bacteria's chromosome, that means that the bacteria's offspring bacteria get it as well. Why, and one of the reasons why this is particularly cool is, say there's just something small in this phage which gives its line of bacteria just a slightly better advantage. Well, now that bacteria is able to replicate a lot more. So now you've got more and more copies of this phage, which over generations can mutate in different ways, um, usually, just you know, by accident, but incidentally, this then selects for phages that are better and better at making more superpowered bacteria. Um, so then, eventually, you get bacteria where you know they're maybe able to. Well, I mean, this is hyperbole. I don't actually know if flesh eating is in there is any phage which confers flesh eating abilities to bacteria. But then, all of a sudden, you get from a benign strain something that you know, is actually fairly ridiculous and much more pathogenic than you would expect because there's a phage that's evolved alongside it to give it and itself an advantage. Wow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So right. I can see basically it's sort of like just again another each time we do these, I kind of get a better under very basic understanding of evolution. It's sort of like um, it's like if you had a computer program, for instance, Windows, if there were not Tens of thousands, or however many people, actually working on Windows. So, first of all, apologies to all of you. Um, hello, i have a Mac, and but it's as if so imagine Windows existed and nobody, there was no person involved in it, right? But it, uh, each time you started your computer, it changed a little bit for some reason, right? Like a little bit. So, on your Ooh. computer, one line of code. Now, there's there's millions of lines of code in the in Windows, for instance. And so many of those changes wouldn't you wouldn't even notice because you don't you, you're you not running a program or something that, you know, goes down that particular path, right? And and encounters that situation. However, if the change involved, like how the thing is displayed on your screen, the monitor itself, boom, you would notice immediately, yeah. but you may be the oh. only one, right? But if as this process is happening, one of those changes of code suddenly made the thing like really much better. Um, And also Windows is (laughs) self-replicating, you know, then the good things would travel. Like you wouldn't need updates because it would just travel, right? It'd be like, interesting, in a way, that's what sort of Chris is asking. He's like, like, if there was a computer virus, a positive computer virus would be something that does sort of just Boom mm-hmm. travels through the internet and infects all the computers, but all the computers get better uh, in some way. So, um, and I
2: will say that is one of the yeah. things about biology and also in one case computer viruses is that um, the it, a lot of what is better is context dependent. Essentially, what environment the uh-huh. organism uh, is in, yeah. it is much easier to break things than it is to make improvements. Um, so, in you know. Virology, we call this, you know, like well, not virology but just science at large, you know, making a gain of function mutation, something that makes a thing better, is more difficult than making a loss of function mutation because you can, I mean, anyone who's had children knows that you can break anything a lot easier. They can break something a lot easier than <laughs> you can fix it. Um, and I think of if you if you think of the computer virus analogy, I always think of um, it's the Morris worm. I think if I'm remembering correctly, that was a early computer virus which was meant to update. All computers to a more secure form or something oh, wow. like that. It, it was, was well intentioned, but unfortunately, the software update that it was pushing required the computers to shut down. Now, the problem with that is you have computers in hospitals. You have computers that shouldn't be updated because they're running machines that work on older software. So it actually wound wow. up being like a huge problem. I think it's contained on like a floppy disk somewhere. Matt, you nodded like you, you, you've heard about this. Am I mm-hmm. getting some of this right?
1: Yeah, I think that's right. Um, yeah. And you know, as you point out, um, beneficial versus harmful depends on your point of view. Right. So, um, you can imagine, uh, uh, you know, like with the tulip example, maybe there's, there's a virus that makes human hair nice and stripy. Right. Would that be plausible?
2: Yeah, I think you could. Well, I mean, I actually don't know much about pigment deposition in human hair but mm-hmm.
0: sure <laughs> but a cat, cats have stripes i mean it, it sounds where like words that cats animals that have all kinds of different patterns in their hair it is something that developed naturally mm-hmm. i guess some uh, yeah.
1: kind yeah. of yeah. thing yeah um, yeah
0: um but bring it yeah if you got stripy hair uh thing you know i think um, like all things you'd be yeah, abs- feared at the parties at first but mm-hmm. then it'd be like bring it yeah, breathe on me. Absolutely you...
2: give me the anime protagonist hair virus. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> As it is yeah. known. Exactly. exactly. And you talk about context, it's interesting because Superman, for instance, if I understand this correctly, I could be completely wrong, but I believe that, for instance, one of the reasons he could fly was that on his planet, I don't know, was it because they had ultra high gravity or just whatever, he, Superman was normal on his planet. Right. He was not Mm -hmm. Superman. In fact, he was just a baby, but his family and, you know, other than being a little bit of royalty of some kind um, and clearly troublemakers, you know, in their society. But anyway, when he came here, though, completely different planet. um, He was whatever was normal for him suddenly was special. Right. And so he had all these we call Mm -hmm. them super. He he becomes a superhero here back home, you know, Probably why, you know, he's probably, I'm sure he's sad that Krypton got blown up or whatever, but, uh, you know, wouldn't want to go back there because of yeah. him. Oh, yeah. Look at Superman here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh-huh. So, so uh, now, can we get to a virus that, what would be a trait, for instance, that we can, what is something that, um, I think this is what Chris, Chris says, um, Chris suggests something he may be working on because he's a, quote, lay person in a lab. Um, (laughs) Chris Chris says, uh, could a virus have positive symptoms? Interesting, he says symptoms. Maybe you can help us understand that word a little bit. But uh, say by commandeering olfactory cells and cranking the smell knobs to 11, it would be a much... More interesting world if viral infections led to superpowers until you, until your immune system fought them off, rather than just feeling like you've been hit by a truck. Okay, so getting closer now, going back to the text and really looking at what the if is, as Chris has laid it out, it, it's interesting. He's actually talking about a temporary... What are we saying? The, the thing he's flipping here, and we like to focus, like we, Gabby, you said the if. So mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. if that Chris is talking about here is one in which... The virus affects us in the way kind of normal, run of the mill viruses do affect us. We get all these symptoms, and then we go back to being normal, so to speak. Um, what if those symptoms, instead of being lame and you know making you feel bad, were like super powerful, and then they went away? So we'll deal with the sociological implications of things going away yeah. near the end here. But help us, what's How could, is that at all possible? Is that, I feel like, yeah, go
2: ahead. There's some things that I could think of. So for example, one of the ones that comes to mind is you could get infected by a virus that protects you from another virus, which would be kind of beneficial in our current situation.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
2: Sometimes, for example, if you have a virus that uses the same receptor as another or a similar receptor, it could sort of cause the cell to pull in all of those receptors kind of behind it. And that's like sort of a viral defense mechanism to, to be like, I'm the only virus in the cell. Don't come in after me. It's kind of like the tantrum teenager equivalent of shutting the door, like slamming the door behind <laughs> you um, so your parent can't come in. Yeah, so then it's, it's not going to let any other viruses in. Um, kind of also on the receptor manipulation side, um, which I guess would be something with olfactory. You could squeeze this in a, an olfactory thing, although I'm not 100% abreast of how the olfactory system works. Um, you could have say the virus churn out more receptors. So if there is some sensitivity Ah. to something, you could increase the amount of receptors on the cell surface for that thing. And then all of a sudden the tiniest amount of it is setting off your brain's ability to be like, you know, this is a signal that I'm getting. Um, Because the the body does have like signal thresholds for things. Uh,
1: So the protecting from another virus is an interesting angle because that seems like something that could be engineered, right? We have a a, a harmless virus that, you know, sits on the receptors that COVID would normally attach to and prevent other things from coming through. Um, That would be pretty cool.
2: Yeah. I mean, fortunately, antibodies are easier to make. And so that they will usually bind to anything that binds to those receptors pretty Ah. quick. Um, But as far as actually manipulating a virus to downregulate a receptor might be kind of weird i don't know it depends on the pathway weirdly i feel like i'm going to look this up today and start sketching (laughs) it
0: yeah it's good um so uh if it would let let, now let's give it this real superpowers let's let's go what what uh, matt what's a superpower symptom you would like to have
1: Oh, um let's see here. Uh needing less sleep. Oh, interesting. Oh, okay. I would be very yeah. excited. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you can't sleep but it's in a Now, interestingly actually what you said there was a different thing. So sometimes when you are sick, you or whatever, you you, you can't not sleeping is a bad thing. So the well, inter- interesting mm-hmm. thing what you're talking about here is actually it means it's a positive thing. So actually what you mean is I guess that means more energy, right? So it's like a virus that just gives you super energy you viral adderall s- viral yeah. Uh, yeah you don't need to sleep and uh for how long do we think oh how when we when we have a, the cold or something like that what is i feel like two weeks max it's kind of standard for like, for like how like long you have the virus how long right? you have symptoms um now yeah, those days, sym- days, two weeks
2: <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, it takes about four to seven days for you to mount an adaptive immune response to clear a virus. So we could say maybe like a week might be kind of reasonable. Okay.
0: A week of no sleep because you're just super energized. <laughs> I love it. So it's like, yeah. Um, and so uh, might that... Is that something that makes sense? Because it, it, here, what it comes down to is, and I mentioned that Chris used the word symptoms, which is interesting because symptoms come. Is there a difference, Gabby? I, I would think between symptoms that come from the virus itself, the changes the virus is doing, what we would normally call the damage, and then other symptoms come from the fact that your body is fighting back.
2: Like yeah, because you your body
0: is fighting back.
2: We don't actually really draw that much of a difference between them. So a lot of like the inflammation oh. that you get from a, a virus is actually you know your body responding to the virus, um, but mm. you don't really you know make that much of a division because it's all wrapped up in these are things you get when your body has this virus. Because I mean ultimately, right. if this is only happening because you're biotic, even though the virus is doing something to you. This is only really happening because you have a body to respond to it. If you infected a stone. The stone's not going to start shivering and need yeah. more sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I actually think the point about not sleeping is cool because we've talked on this show about a virus that made people sleep before in our sleeping sickness episode. So yeah. that's this, right. That this made is made kind of made you sleep opposite more.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so if that were to happen, let's say it would mean that. In the process of reacting, this is what you're saying, Gabby, actually the symptoms is simply the interaction of the virus with your body and all the the, the symptoms, the systems coming together, right, and interacting. So somehow, would it be that that has to actually, I guess it's like giving you adrenaline or something. It's sort of one thing I could imagine that would be something that's where the energy comes from. Is that right? It could
2: Is be that, that, or sort of going off of the sleeping sickness angle, the encephalitis lethargica mm-hmm. angle. You could have a dysregulation of the part of your brain that controls sleep. Um, so, in the sleeping uh-huh. sickness way, it essentially made that part always, you know, keeping you asleep. But in this one, if you, you know, shut off the impulse to sleep um, through whatever perturbations of neuroscience that have to happen. Um, you could then be staying awake. You might be physically exhausted, but you would be awake.
0: Right, right, okay. right. But this is this is where this gets unusual because, like, this is what Matt is saying. I feel like the implication is that it would be it would be pleasurable. So it's it's basically you're, you're you, you know, it's like you've gotten a stimulant, right? So this there's the stimulant virus, and it energizes you. And so imagine if as a as a this virus rolls its way through a city. <laughs> that <Yeah>. suddenly <laughs> everybody's like, it's like the manic, the manic virus, right? Like, suddenly everyone, or you know, as it works its way through New York, there's all these people just like getting super energetic and, um, I guess getting stuff done. I mean, you would have to harness yeah, that energy and make to sure. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. So yeah. you would probably have to. So, it, along with the dysregulation of the impulses to sleep, you would probably also have to increase like neurotransmitters. So like dopamine oh, yeah. um, and like norepinephrine. So you would probably have whatever this virus is um, really messing with the transcription in your brain and causing you know your body to make an increased amount of these. And actually, I wonder if I can Google what the precursors are to figure out if this virus would also make you really hangry for certain foods, Um, because there are there are some things that when your body needs, um, you might find yourself getting hangry over certain things um, because those are the precursors. This Um, is where we learned that
0: that yeah, this is where we learned that the virus was leaked by Nestle, who uh, (laughs) Snickers Snickers have these uh, the chocolate bar have these commercials right all about you're hangry have a Snickers. So, um, so Matt, while Gabby does this, uh, research, um, Matt, could you give us a, a mock, uh, news report? Like how how might the news, how might the science news report this?
1: Well, I think the first way it would be picked up is, um, the, the media doing a story on, um, stimulant virus parties, uh, (laughs) where college students studying for exams, have huge parties the night before so they can get infected uh, with this new stimulant virus. Totally.
0: Um, I mean, they're uh, already having parties to get COVID, which could kill you.
1: Mm-hmm. So yes, sure. It's really good. Uh, that's right, Cause it's a lot a cheaper positive. than, you know, buying Adderall. Um, <laughs> right. Just, right. Uh, spread the virus. Yeah. It'd be good. And you yes. know, it's uh, really generous people would once they find that they're infected would you know go down the street coughing on people um trying to spread this virus so uh, uh everybody's life is a little bit better
2: you see Inverg- signs
1: mm-hmm. okay, you see
2: booms during midterm season final season yeah it's another wave and
0: and you see signs on the restaurants that that say uh um no masks allowed You know, because (laughs) it's like, I suppose, which is the
1: opposite of, Mm -hmm. yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Well, it's just, yeah, no, yeah. You want to, to, it's good for business, right? So like, yeah, yeah, come come to our coffee shop, you might get this thing, it's good.
2: Would Um, greatly decrease the demand for cocaine, probably. (laughs) That's right. right. It's like viral
0: cocaine, viral cocaine. Uh, Okay, there's a crazy thing. Is that, is that something... Can you manufacture something like that, or can, can a virus be created like that? Or are these two such totally different things?
2: I mean, you I mean, it's interesting. It does start-
0: seem to come down to like caffeine or cocaine or yeah, you know, these are stimulants we're talking about.
2: You could start just growing them in culture. So, for example, we grow viruses all the time by infecting mm, a small sure. amount of cells with them, and then the virus replicates the way it normally does, and then we collect the supernatant of the vi- of the media. Essentially, we collect the liquid that's floating around the cells. And then that has viruses in it. I don't think you could lysophilize those. Um, So bacteria, you can dry out into little pellets. Um, I don't think viruses survive as well if you dry Mm. them out. Um, So viral cocaine, I think then would be impossible (laughs) in that form. Um, I also found out just for some Googling, uh, you would be extremely protein hangry uh, because the precursors for dopamine are like phenylalanine and tyrosine. Um, so you want soy? You want chicken? This would be like gains before the gym, kind of like bulk up meals that everyone is consuming. Terrible farts on the entire college.
0: Every every magic comes with mm-hmm.
2: of, uh, it's downside. Yeah. Unintended-
0: <laughs> and and then you know you those people that were infected with Chris's original proposition that the their smell <laughs> sensors are cranked up to eleven oh, What no. a nightmare. So they would go, you know the, 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 all, the masks would be again, we'd be people would be fighting with masks without the masks. You know, mm-hmm. which one do you want? Um, now, the way viruses seem to work seems like there's there's two things that are gonna happen after this um runs its course and uh that is one you're going to crash really hard so actually in a a strange way the worst side effects come after like what the disease did to you so that's interesting um the other is that you could is it normal that you would now be immune so only once in your life Uh. you could do this do i have each of those what? What? what tell, Gabby, tell us what actually what might logically happen with those two things.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, of course, if you're up for a week straight, first and foremost, you're going to be exhausted. Um, yeah. I think it's something like it takes like four days to recover from like a normal amount of sleep debt. Essentially, you not really sleeping um, for a period mm-hmm. of time. Um, I think this would be a lot longer. So, you might be basically bricked for like another week after this, (laughs) you've, you've done your sprint. Um, so, but yeah, yeah, you would not be able to get infected with it again, unless the envelope of it changed slightly. Um, so we're actually seeing this with the coronavirus. This is the reason why people are able to get infected by the Delta variant where they might've already been vaccinated or already infected. The outer covering of the virus has changed a little bit. Um, And this is also why you get the common cold basically every year. The common cold is sort of a cluster of different species of viruses that are generally related, but you can technically get infected with the same species multiple times if it's just a different variant. So considering that this is something that human beings are actively cultivating now, this um, viral cocaine, I could imagine that we are going to be engineering it a lot and you can make perturbations to the envelope to essentially kind of defeat your immune response to it so that you could keep taking it but you might eventually run out of different variants that you can take you know who knows how fast well, I mean, they're able to, I mean, to pump this out mm-hmm. of the brand
1: yeah well you're, you're hoping for particular mutations then right that's right you're like yeah it has Don't to be different enough shot
0: <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah basically it's like taking a drug i mean it's sort of just like eventually you know you've you're you're going to be destroyed by it um or you and or you become immune to it right it loses its power you have to keep anyway changing to something else Mm -hmm. um so uh ultimately what's interesting is ultimately given the scenario chris laid out it wouldn't it wouldn't be a positive thing the real the real hope would be something that is positive and leaves you with positive a positive outcome
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right um so matt if you could have one of those what would it be well i guess it would be that well you don't need sleep and there's no downside it's just uh you now what afterwards
1: yeah yeah, two hours a night or something that'd be great um but as i think as uh, as gabby points out here while now, viruses might seem like a cheap way to get traits from critter to critter. Um, we have a, a whole system that prevents that from happening for the long term, right? Our immune systems are going to keep us from getting that, that thing at least more than once. Um, so, that, uh, uh, so that would be a bummer, right? So maybe viruses are not such a great way to uh, spread these things.
2: No. And I mean, the only thing I could think of that makes you sleep. So, one of the things that might happen, but I doubt it would happen naturally. It might be something that we start doing. Is you know, you get certain mutations which might naturally change the way certain things are regulated. For example, there's this one mutation uh, in a brain protein that causes like this one family to only need about like four hours of sleep a night. Uh, So that would be great for all of us to not need eight hours and that these people feel rested on about four. But this is intrinsic to our genetic code. Changing this particular receptor is difficult. Maybe you could make a virus that expresses this modified form of the protein, but it probably wouldn't do that on its own unless it happened to infect one of these 12 people, happened to take this gene with it on the way out for some reason, um, Mm. and then happened to be... Easily spreadable, which is not always very common for encephalitic viruses, or any kind of. I am surprised.
0: Okay. Of... Yeah, I am surprised that this family has not had like a giant, suddenly a huge balloon tent built around them. You know, like, like yeah. when they went to get ET. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, 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 Trying to get what they get, get what they got. Um. Well, it's interesting. This, if like, like the viruses themselves or like evolution itself, this, if mutated a little bit, it became, it Mm -hmm. became a little bit about what if you didn't have to sleep. And so to wrap up, come back to Chris's question about the smell would be like, what if you had increased super heightened smell up to 11, as he says Mm -hmm. on the, by the way, let's clarify for those who don't know, he means on the scale of one to 10.
1: Uh, yes, um, okay. if it was, if it it's important to note. One to a hundred, then it kind of sucks. Yeah. Exactly, exactly,
0: and we we cite the scientific paper called "Spinal Tap" uh, documentary. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> check it out. So, um, you that would mean you get increased smell, and if you he says that would be positive, right? Because at he's flipping that, what happens with Corona, for instance, that you you lose your sense of smell. But to be super positive for you, let's say you wanted that increased sense of smell, and it it lasted. Um, uh, are there is is this at all a mad scientist possibility that we? This is essentially a new way of, you know, we take medicine to improve. I don't know. Are there actual? Have we gotten to the point where there are actual medical improvements beyond? I feel like one of the reasons this is the main thing is we live longer thanks to science, medicine, but because it's all about removing negative diseases and things, right? Have there been things that actually gave us some some more powerful, better trait? I feel like that doesn't really happen.
1: Hmm. I don't know. I mean, we have things like gamma globulin shots. Those boost your immune system. Um, Antibiotics, I guess, might be a sense of that too right That's well it's true, it's true. In in other words, words, shields
0: yeah. better shields is mm-hmm. what we do have at this point shields up which is something that is that is quite a bit actually something um and going further it sounds like the next step has to be would have to be genetic what do you call it uh, designer babies that that kind of thing right where you're literally changing the actual traits of the person Sounds, so, so it sounds like, oh, yeah, well, you're yeah, so viruses there are, don't do that.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, so there, there are gene treatments. I mean, they're, they're experimental at this point. Um, right. but there are treatments whose goal is to do things like rewrite, uh, your DNA, um, uh, to, to fix things on a fundamental level.
0: Right. So can vi- do viruses do that? Is that something a virus would be good for rewriting your DNA?
2: Well, fun fact, that's usually how we use viruses in these therapies, uh, we use to deliver the therapy, and then sometimes right. for some of the molecular mechanisms. Um, so, I mean, you've heard of CRISPR. CRISPR was a bacterial defense against viruses. So the reason why we have this really cool, innovative uh, new technology is, you know, not just because of Jennifer Doudna and um, uh, Charpentier, but also because bacteria were getting infected by viruses. Um, we use viruses to deliver things all the time uh, because nothing is better at getting into a cell than a virus. And so we, rather than making our own, we're like, hey, I'm just going to use that. Uh, so we sort of <laughs> scoop out the insides and just use the outside of it. Um, literally just yesterday, I prepped a bunch of um, lentiviral vector, which is the outer bit of it uses bits from um, a virus. And then on the inside, I have... Um, essentially the gene that I want to insert into cells, which my control is just GFP. So I'm going to slap some glowing green stuff into some cells uh, to check if it worked. Um, So yeah, we do this stuff all the time. And I think it's, uh, we will probably only continue to use viruses to sort of mediate these things. Although I don't know, uh, you know, the potential for a virus to do this on its own because it is a it is a big hurdle like i said it's easier to break things than it is to make things and uh with mm-hmm. the sort of ambling mindless eldritch abomination that is evolution uh <laughs> it's solutions are not straightforward
0: oh that's awesome i love throwing shade
1: at evolution i think that's that's <laughs> the sign of a true <laughs> yeah, biologist getting yeah. a little cocky at this point it needs to, yeah <laughs> That is awesome. So evolution's so, wow. been
2: wrecking Go my ahead. experiments. Well, natural selection has been wrecking my experiments for weeks. So I'm a little angry at it. <laughs> you need some
0: unnatural selection. Mm-hmm. That's, That's just we're, me we're yelling at E. coli. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, I was also gonna say, you know, I think that the idea that maybe, you know, that, that you guys are trying to work on better, you know, use viruses to make to to improve the human condition. Um, that this, and then there's this idea, maybe a secret idea of like this super energy virus, could explain why Rockefeller University has like more Nobel prizes than anybody else. All right, it might just be like the, <laughs> oh yeah, the energy virus. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> you know, um, fantastic, fantastic. Thank Gabby. Thank you. This is amazing. This was so educational. Chris of Vancouver. Thank you so much for this super ifer, and boy, if ifing if ifing was a virus, Chris, you got it, you you're, you you got it, you got the super virus, and you are super 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 Sounds duper kind of threatening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we didn't even talk about what would happen between the those who were infected and those who weren't, the haves, the the haves, and the have nots. Um, Matt, anything you'd like to plug coming up?
1: Um, start of the semester, if you're one of the people registered for my classes, looking forward to seeing you. If you're not registered for my classes, it's too late. They're closed.
0: (laughs) Right on. Oh, that's awesome. Is that like a teacher, a teacher's way of saying sold out? That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. And, and will you be seeing them in person or on? I will
1: be seeing them in person, masked, but, um, I'm very excited about sharing physical space with my students for the first time in a year and a half. That's awesome! That's awesome!
0: Congratulations, CU, and to all your students for making this uh, progress. Shout out to NYU, my alma mater. Um, Gabby, anything you'd like to plug?
2: Nothing besides get the jab. We currently have a <laughs> virus, and it does not give you superpowers, so you don't want it. Get vaccinated.
0: That's right. That's right. And, I mean, in a weird way, the vaccine kind of gives you superpowers. I mean, you know, you get yeah. shields you, up. You can like walk know. into a you know, a situation with viruses flying all over the place and your body's like, that's okay. I got this. Um, so uh, yeah, get your vaccine, get wherever you are in the world. Things are going crazy. Uh, we'd love to hear from you wherever you, we, we have listeners all over the world. Where are you right now? Think about it. Ah, see yourself on the globe. Ah, See our website, uh, whattheif.com and uh, go there and send, you can write on the front page, you can send us a message or email us, feedback at whattheif.com. We'd love to hear, uh, A, just how are things going with you? What do you get out of the show? I'm always interested in that. Um, and uh, of course, ideas for ifs, send your if. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter uh, at show. And uh, we are on Facebook as well, and those kind of things. Instagram, I'm working on Instagram. We never—it's hard for podcasts to do anything on Instagram. But uh, our pri- previous uh, intern Gabby V had started us on um, publishing like little audio excerpts. So there's a fun thing, by the way. If something—did you hear a little excerpt? Is it a little snippet on the show you heard? You're like, ah, oh, that was a great little thing. I love when Gabby said that. Uh, let me know. We will pull those out. We put them on Instagram with like a little animation. <laughs> Uh, thank you all for listening we have some amazing guests oh boy we have amazing guests coming up um, in the not too distant future stay tuned for that but also coming up in the future um matt what is what is coming our way
1: that Well, what's coming our way is untold numbers of tiny viruses uh, carrying who knows what sort of genetic sequences to make us uh, sleepy or not sleepy, um, or craving uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken fortnightly. Um, There's all sorts (laughs) of things that uh, it could be doing to us. Um, So as we consider in horror the the possible things that these viruses could be doing to us, uh, we have no choice but to scream. One 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 One
0: One 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 Good night everybody I don't know why I say good night It's good day But it's good night somewhere So have a good one We'll <laughs> see you next week